ಪುನಾಗ ನಾಗ ನಾಗಕೇಸರ ಬಕುಲ ಬಕುಲ ಅಂಬುಜ ಲಲಿ ಪಾರಿಜಾತ ಪಾರಿಜಾತ ಗಂಧೆ ಫ್ರೇಗ್ರೆನ್ಸ್ ಅರ್ಚಿತೆ ಬಿಂಗ್ ವರ್ಷಕ್ ತುಳಸಿಕ ತುಳಸಿ ಆಭರಣೇನ ವಿದ ಇನ್ ವಿಚ್ ವೈಕುಂಠ ತಪಸ್ಟೇರಿಟಿ ಸುಮನಸ ಗುಡ್ ಮೈಂಡೆಡ್ ವೈಕುಂಠ ಮೈಂಡೆಡ್ ಬಹು ವೆರಿ ಮಚ್ ಮಾನಯಂತಿ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಲೇಷನ್ Although traveling plants like the Mandara, Kunda, Kurabaka, Utpala, Champaka, Arana, Punnaga, Naga Kesar, Bakula, Lili and Parijat are full of transcendental fragrance, they are still conscious of the austerities performed by Tulasi, for Tulasi is given special preference by the Lord who garlands himself with tulasi leaves this is a third canto description of the kingdom of god where different um, manifestations of the kingdom of god are mentioned many different flowers are mentioned but the main crux of the translation is that lord gives special preference to tulasi um, and we'll find out why purport the importance of tulasi leaves is very clearly mentioned here Tulasi plants and their leaves are very important in devotional service. Devotees are recommended to water the Tulasi tree every day and collect the leaves to worship the Lord. One time, an atheistic Swami, this is Vivekananda, one time an atheistic Swami remarked, what is the use of watering the Tulasi plant? It is better to water eggplant. By watering the eggplant, one can get some fruits. But what is the use of watering the tulsi? These foolish creatures, unacquainted with devotional service, sometimes play havoc with the education of people in general. The most important thing about the spiritual world is that there is no envy among the devotees there. This is true even among the flowers, which are all conscious of the greatness of Tulasi. In the Vaikuntha word entered by the four Kumaras, even the birds and flowers are conscious of service to the Lord. Om Gyana Timiram Tasya Gyanam Jalan Shalakaya Chakshuram Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Guruve Namaha Shri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam ಸ್ಥಾಪಿತೀವಾಂತೇಹಂ 
जय श्री कृष्णा चैतन्य प्रभु निनंद श्री अद्वैता गदाधार श्रीवासादि गौर भक्त वृंद हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे हरे नमो विष्णु पादाय कृष्ण प्रेष्ठाय भूतले श्रीमते भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी विधिनामिने नमस्ते सारस्वत देवे गौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेष शून्यवादी पश्चात्य देशतारिणे मुखम करोति वाचालम पंगुम लंगायते गिर यत्कृपा तमहं वंदे श्री गुरु दीनतारणम परमानंद माधवम श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य ईश्वरम So I beg permission from all of you to speak a little bit about this exalted verse from Shrimad Bhagavatam, where the glories of Tulasi Devi is uh, is mentioned. Um, very happy to be here in Tucson, Arizona. One of the best experiences of my life. Very grateful to all of you for accommodating me for a week, especially to Mother Sundari and all her all the devotees here. Okay, so. In the purport, Sri Prabhupada mentions the importance of Tulasi. But our atheistic Swami remarks, what is the purpose of watering the Tulasi? We should water eggplant. Now here's in a very important philosophical understanding here. In the Bhagavad Gita, 8th chapter, text 1, Arjuna asks five questions to the Lord. Can anybody tell me what are those five questions? What are the symptoms of a spiritual person? That's 254. What is the person who's situated in Samadhi? How does he walk? How does he sit? How does he talk? And what is his behavior? 254. In 8.1, Arjuna says, Kim Adhyatma? Kim Adhibhauta? Kim Adhipurusha? Kim Adhiyagya? And Kim Karma Opurushottama? So Arjuna brings up five elements in Bhagavad Gita in 8.1. And 7.30, the last words of 7th chapter, alludes to these words. But then Arjuna asks this question. When we see this phenomenal word, for example, Tulasi. Tulasi, or let's say Giriraj, or let's just say this word, or individual person. Adibhautik. Kim Adibhautik? Adibhauta. Bhuta means matter. What is Adibhuta? Krishna says Adibhuta is material manifestation. So Tulasi, in its most basic form, Adibhautik form, in its material form, is a basal plant. 
किम अध्यात्मा इफ यू लुक एट एनी होली प्लेस और थुलसी और गिरिराज और दिस मटीरियल वर्ल्ड बियॉन्ड द रेलम ऑफ मैटर इज देर ऑल परवेडिंग स्पिरिट इज इट नॉट बियॉन्ड द फिजिकल बॉडी ऑफ अतुल गोविंद देर इज एन आत्मा एंड दैट इज कॉल्ड अधि आत्मा वेन वी टॉक अबाउट होली थिंग्स एंड होली प्लेसेस देर कॉन्सेंट्रेटेड फॉर्म ऑफ दैट ऑल परवेजिव स्पिरिचुअल एनर्जी कॉल्ड ब्रह्मण whether it's a temple holy place tulsi giriraj it's concentrated brahman one who spiritually qualified can see the all pervasive spirit beyond the realm of matter which is called brahman so adhi bhauta bhautik refers to matter yanti deva vrata deva pitra yanti pitra vrata bhutani yanti bhute those who worship matter will remain in the realm of matter mat bhakta yanti mamapi and my devotee comes to me. those who worship demigods go to demigods yanti deva vrata deva pitra yanti pitra vrata those who worship forefathers will go to the realm of forefathers bhutani yanti bhute those who worship matter will remain in the realm of matter mat bhakta yanti mamati and my devotee will come to me we say there is adi bhautik adhyatmik and adi daivik miseries yes three fold miseries so adi bhautik tulsi is a holy basal tract adhyatmik there is this all pervading spirit and there is this concentrated form of brahman where the spiritual energy is concentrated but beyond that is adhi daivik so we have looked at adhi bhautik adhyatmik and adhi daivik there is a person there is a person behind surya dev there is a person behind mother ganga there is a person behind these mountains there is a person behind me there is a person adhi daivik and that is the holy form of tulasi who is the greatest devotee of vishnu and finally krishna introduces the term adhi yagya in the 8th chapter and he says i am the lord of all sacrifice i am the governing principle of all manifestations there is no truth superior to me everything rest upon me as pearls are strung on a thread i am the source of all spiritual and material worlds everything emanates from me the wise who know this perfectly engage in my devotional service earth water air fire ether mind intelligence and false ego these are my separated material energies but beyond this there is a superior energy the living entity who's trying to exploit the resources of this inferior material nature oh arjuna know that all that is spiritual and all that is material i am both the source the origin and the dissolution aham krishnasya jagata prabhava pralayas tatha 
And Krishna in the eighth chapter identifies himself as Adi Yagya, the Lord of all sacrifice. Bhoktaram Prabhu Evacha, Aham Adirhi Devana. So this is the understanding which our atheistic Swami does not have. People see Giriraj as a stone, Tulasi as a material plant, basal plant, Didi as a stone, Didi as a stone. Bhagavatam describes one who considers the spiritual master to be an ordinary person, Didi to be made up of wood or stone, and one who goes to the holy place to take a bath instead of meeting transcendental people is no different than Gokhara. He's no different than an ass and a donkey. One who considers spiritual master to be an ordinary person, deity to be made up of wood and stone, he's an ass and a donkey. He remains on an adibhautic platform. He sees everything as material. So our great Swami Vivekananda says, we should grow eggplant, not tulasi. This is what it leads to. The conclusion is this. Tulasi was married in her previous birth. Her name was Vrinda, Vrinda Devi. And she was married to a demon called Jalandhar. That demon terrorized the universe and he, he got his powers from his chaste wife Vrinda. This is the secret. A chaste wife, a chaste woman is an auspicious source of energy for her husband, for her family, for the entire universe. A man who has a chaste wife is the most fortunate person in the world. Because nothing can destroy him. Jalandhar, although he was a demon and he was terrorizing the universe, the devatas could not defeat him because of his marriage to, to Vrinda Devi. The demigods went to Shiva. Shiva tried to fight Jalandhar but could not kill him. The devatas went to Vishnu. Vishnu knew only one solution. He had to somehow break the chastity of Vrinda Devi. Vishnu disguised himself as the demon Jalandhar and went ahead, went ahead and had union with Vrinda, thereby breaking her chastity. Lord Shiva then challenged Jalandhar to a fight and easily killed him. When Vrinda Devi found out how she had been tricked by Vishnu, she cursed Vishnu. She said, the way you have cheated me, you become a black stone. And you will be separated from your wife. <coughs> As Ram, he can never enjoy the association of Sita because of that curse. And he became a black stone. Vishnu told Vrinda that, yes, I have done injustice to you. I accept your punishment, but 
you will take birth as Tulasi in the spiritual world. And you will always be adorned on the lotus feet of the Lord and the Lord Krishna, my own source, will wear you as his garland. You will be celebrated as the greatest devotee for all time to come. Bhakti of Krishna is never complete without the worship of his pure devotees. And Tulasi represents that devotee manifestation. So we worship Tulasi as worshipping the greatest devotee of the Lord. Lord Krishna is never worshipped without Tulasi. In the Govardhan pastime, when Krishna was asking for more and more prasadam, the Brajvasis brought everything. And when they finally ran out, then Banal Balaram told him in the Bhagavad you please offer him Tulasi and he will be satisfied. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Jagannath Puri, he gave to Raghunath Das Goswami his own Giriraj Shila. That Giriraj Shila, Mahaprabhu would, he would keep it tied around his chest with a cloth. And that Shila was bathed by tears of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That is the method of worship in the Lord, to worship the Lord with your tears. The first thing is purification of consciousness. Mahaprabhu would keep that Shila and he had a Gunjamala, a necklace of these Gunja stones. He would wear around his neck and he would carry his Giridash Shila. He, he called him Rajendra Nandana Krishna. Govardhan in Gaudiya Vaishnavism is known as Rajandranandan Krishna, the son of Maharaj Nanda, that 12 year old adolescent, youth with blooming eyes like lotus petals, head bedecked with a peacock feather. His charming beauty mystifying millions of cupids. That Giriraj Shila and that Gunjamala Mahaprabhu gave to Raghunath Das Goswami. And he advised Raghunath Dos Goswami to worship that Shila with two items. Raghunath Das Goswami was a renunciate of the highest order. Mahaprabhu said, you worship this Shila with two things. What are those two things? The water and Tulasi Manjaris. And he said, offer daily eight Tulasi Manjaris and offer, bathe him, do his Abhishek with water. In Gaudiya Vaishnavism, Bhava is synonymous with liquidity and water represents Prema. In many texts you will find devotees crying tears of love or Radha Kund is called liquid Prema. When Krishna plays his flute on the fifth note, all the living entities become stunned and all the solid entities melt and become water. Cows, when they are giving their milk, the milk becomes frozen. Yamuna becomes frozen. And Giriraj, Govardhan and all the stones, they melt into liquid prema. So Mahaprabhu said, worship him with water. When we offer water to the deities, 
It is a symbolic offering of one's prema and one's heart to the deity. Giridharth Shila and, and Shilas are generally worshipped on the platform of Raganuga Bhakti. The spontaneous outpouring of love in the form of one's tears. Mahaprabhu said, offer eight Tulasi Manjari. Even higher than offering Tulasi leaves is offering Tulasi Manjari. Those eight Manjaris are principal assistants to the eight principal gopis. Manjari Bhava in Gaudiya Vaishnavism is considered the highest attainment. All of the Goswamis, our Acharyas are Manjaris. Assisting Radharani in her eight principal sakis. Offer Tulasi Manjari. Then Sarumdamadar Goswami brought him a table and a cloth to keep in Giriraj. And Raghunathas Goswami worshipped at Shila. With his tears, with water, and with Tulsi Manjari. Jagadananda Pandit would later make various sweets for Giriraj. Like that. So, Tulasi's paramount importance in the spiritual world that although there are fragrant flowers, Tulasi reigns supreme. Lord, Lord is very pleased when a garland of Tulasi leaves is offered to him. On special days in our temples, Lord is offered a garland of Tulasi leaves. And he is offered profuse Tulasi to his lotus feet, which is always decorating his feet. Srila Prabhupada says, These foolish creatures, unacquainted with devotional service, sometimes play havoc, havoc with the education of people in general. So always remember this Adi Bhautik, this material word is Adi Bhautik. The diffuse, all-pervading spiritual energy, which is called Brahman, is Adhyatmic. The various forms of Devatas is Adi Daivik. And the Supreme Lord, who is the source of all, from whose body the effulgence comes, which is called Brahman, is Adi Yagya. And that applies to every single aspect, even a living entity. The material form is Adi Bhuta. The Atma is Adhyatma. The Paramatma is Adi Daiva. And Krishna, who is the source of that Paramatma, is Adi Yagya. This is called spiritual vision. Srila Prabhupada writes that the most important thing the most important thing about the spiritual world is that there is no envy among the devotees. There is no feeling of competition. There is no feeling of name, fame, pride, prestige, fault finding. That is spiritual world. In a society or in a family, when there is no fault finding, envy, pride, name, fame, prestige, that is Goloka Vrindavan. This is what I understood from my Guru Mahal. Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur explains that a devotee has to cross the mountain of Anarthanivratti in order to come to the platform of Nishtha. We are very fortunate, all of us, that we have Shraddha from our previous lives. We were able to find Sadhu Sangha and we are engaged in Bhajana Kriya. Yes? But we have to cross the mountain of Anarthanivratti. One of my godbrother, Goranga Prabhu from Bombay, one time, he told Radhanath Swami, 
Maharaj, I have come up with a seminar on how to cross the mountain of Anartha Nivratti. And Maharaj smiled and said, very good. When you will cross the mountain of Anartha Nivratti, then you will come to the ocean of Anarthas. This Anartha Nivratti Bhaktivinoda Thakur divides into four categories. He takes all of the Anarthas and divides them into four categories. One is Aparat, offenses. Offenses to the name, offenses to the deity, offenses to the Vaishnavas. The most important is offenses to Vaishnava. It's a mad elephant offense. We should not take Vaishnavas and see them materially. One should see that this is a counter manifestation of Krishna in the spiritual world. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur uses this word counter manifestation. That the Vaishnava is here, he's a manifestation of Krishna. My devotional service is dependent upon a Vaishnava. I am dependent on the mercy of a Vaishnava. This should be the mood of a devotee and not look at things materially on an Adi Bhautik platform. So one category is Aparat. Of all of the Aparat, there is Jiva Aparat to give anxiety to any living entity. Jiva Aparat, Nam Aparat Vinu, Diti Aparat. And then most important is Vaishnava Aparat. Most important. Shilarup Goswami in Vrindavan is meditating. He is chanting bhajan. And in his bhajan, he is in Goloka Vrindavan. In Goloka Vrindavan, Krishna is decorating Radharani's hair. And Radharani has a mirror. And she is looking at Krishna and she is smiling. Rup Goswami is meditating on this pastime. He is there. And because Radharani is smiling, he also smiles. A Vaishnava, a lame and old Vaishnava happened to pass by. He happened to pass by. And he saw Rupa Goswami smiling. He thought Rupa Goswami was making fun of his handicap. He got offended and he left. Rupa Goswami's meditation on Krishna broke. He came to external consciousness and could not chant Harina. He says, what happened? Why, why am I not able to chant Harina? What happened to my bhava? Why am I not feeling ecstasy and bliss? Meanwhile, the older Vaishnava, the older Vaishnava, the lame Vaishnava, handicapped Vaishnava, he went to Sanatan Goswami and he said, I went to see Rupa Goswami when he saw me, he just smiled at my handicap. Sanatan Goswami said, no, no, wait a minute. There must be a misunderstanding. Meanwhile, Rupa Goswami went to Sanatan Goswami and narrated the whole story. Sanatan Goswami called the handicapped Vaishnava and did the conflict resolution. Rupa Goswami profusely apologized to the Vaishnava. When Vaishnava heard what Rupa Goswami's mood was, he fell at his feet and he says, please forgive me. Now, was Rupa Goswami offensive?
But Rupa Goswami profusely apologized. He said, I'm sorry, I could not welcome you. Please forgive me. I wasn't happy to see you. I was not able to welcome you. So this is Vaishnava Prat. Mahaprabhu called, it's the Hati Mata, it's the mad elephant, an elephant which has gone mad. Now, it is also our scriptures give us some concession in Kali Yuga. My own experience is that, you know, one should be careful with dealing with Vaishnavas, very, very careful. One should control one's tongue, one's mind and one's urges of finding faults with Vaishnavas. Small aparad, our own ignorance, our own things, they are excused in Kali Yuga, more or less. Because until one attains the platform of bhava, aparath don't go away. So small aparaths are excused. Sometimes even major aparaths are excused if one comes to the Vaishnava and I'm sorry, Prabhu. I shouldn't have spoken like that. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have behaved like that. When Durvasa ran to Vaikuntha and he approached Narayan and he said, please forgive me. Narayan said, I have no power to forgive you because you have offended my devotee. Only if the devotee forgives you, then I can forgive you. I am a property of my devotees. I am sold by my devotees. Narayan says in Srimad Bhagavad. So the first category is Aparam. The second category is Asatrishna. Asatrishna, we are doing bhakti, but we have taste for heavenly sense pleasures or sense pleasure in general. And we want to enjoy that. That's called Karma Mishra Bhakti. Bhakti is there, but the taste for sense gratification is more strong. Second is Yoga Mishra Bhakti or taste for mystic powers. Third is Jnana Mishra Bhakti or a desire for impersonal liberation. This impersonalism also comes in our relationship with devotees. How do we relate with devotees? We relate with deities, relate with Tulasi, relate with Prabhupada, relate with Guru, relate with each other. That we think that we may not, we are not impersonalists, we are personalists, right? But impersonalism is an infection of consciousness. Yes, it is grossly mayavat, that Lord has no form, but subtly it is an infection of one's consciousness. It's called Jnana Mishra Bhakti. So there is Asatrishna, there is Aparad. Then there is weakness of heart. Hridaya Dorbalim. Srila Prabhupada writes in a purport of Bhagavad Gita. The first thing one has to overcome in Bhakti Yoga is weakness of heart. Weakness of heart means, what does weakness of heart means? Weakness of heart is categorized into four other categories. First is desire for fame, name, prestige. Second is duplicity and crooked behavior. Crooked behavior. Not being thoroughly honest and simple. In dealings. Third is envy. Envy. 
Envy means I cannot see the prominence of other devotees. And then the last one is fault finding. So this is called weakness of heart. In the spiritual world, even the flowers are conscious that Tulasi is better. A Vaishnava means that I appreciate the service of other devotees. They are much better than me. In Brihad Bhagavata Amrita, when Gopa Kumar is looking for the highest devotee of the Lord, every devotee says that the other devotee is better than me. No, you should go to the other devotee. They are better than me. He goes to someone else and they say, no, no, I'm not even a devotee. Maharaj Yudhishthir says, I'm not a devotee. Arjun says, I'm not a devotee. Hanuman says, I'm not a devotee. Narada says, I'm not a devotee. Uddhava says, I'm not a devotee. The gopis says, we are not devotees. You please go there. You'll find a semblance of devotion. We are not devotees. That is Goloka Vrindam. My Guru Maharaj also says, if one simply appreciates the service of a devotee, he gets the same credit of actually doing the service. If one simply helps a devotee, he gets the same credit. All of the things on the internet and everything, it is simply a manifestation of one's envy. The entire gamut can be summarized in one word, envy. And that envy keeps us in this material world. In the Vaikuntha world entered by the four Kumaras, even the birds and flowers are conscious of service to the Lord. The descent of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu begins with four Kumaras. Jaya and Vijay want to get darshan of Narayana. They come to the pearly gates of Vaikuntha and they meet Jain and they meet the four Kumaras. The four Kumaras says, no, you cannot enter. Jain Vijay cuts them. I'm sorry, other way around. The four Kumaras come, Jain Vijay stop them and the four Kumaras curse Jain Vijay. That you will become demons for three lifetimes. Meanwhile, Narayan had a desire to enjoy Virya Ras, this Ras of fighting. To fulfill that desire, to fulfill Narayan's desire of fighting, Jayan Vijay came as Hiranyakashipu and Hiranyakshi and gave a good fight to the Lord. Lord came as Narsimhadev to fulfill his desire of experiencing Virya Ras and he did a lepratomy. On he was very angry. Even the devatas could not pacify him. So Pralahat finally came and pacified Narsingadev. Narsingadev blessed Pralahat, but in the heart of Narsingadev, another desire awakened. He said, I want to enjoy this rasa, vatsalya rasa. Where the way I am loving Prahlad, devotees are loving me. 
So that same Vishnu who came as Narsingadev to fulfill the desire of experiencing Vatsalyanas came as Rama. This time he had one father and four mothers and everybody loved him like his own child. He was experiencing Vatsalyanas in full. He grew up crawling in the palace of Maharaj Dasharat with all of his mothers and the entire kingdom loving him and fulfilling his desire for Vatsalyanas. But as Rama, he could not enjoy Madhuri, neither he could enjoy Sakyaras. Although Sugriva was his friend, he could not enjoy Sakyaras. When Rama is traveling in the forest of Dandakaranya, the sages want to enjoy conjugal rasa with him. He said, I'm sorry, I cannot do it. I'll just finish in two minutes. Says, I could not enjoy it. I cannot do this. I will come again as Krishna. To fulfill those two desires of experiencing Sakyaras and Maturyaras, he came as Rasaraj, Rasovai Saha, Purnamrita Bhir Krishna. To experience the Sakya and Madhurya in totality. But when he came as Krishna, three more desires awoke, awakened in his heart. What is the bliss Radharani feels in serving me? What is her ecstasy? And what is my own sweetness which devotees relish? He developed these three desires. I want to experience Radharani's love, her bhava. I want to experience the bliss she feels and I want to taste my own sweetness. And to fulfill those three desires, Lord Shri Krishna came as the son of Mother Sachi. Sachi Nandan Gaura Harichi Lord Chaitanya Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. When Shri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came, he developed millions of desires. His desire was, I am a gardener and how many fruits can I distribute? But I want to give every living entity in this universe Prema Bhakti. So he asked his associates, and he asked his disciples and followers to give this chanting of Hare Krishna Mahamantra to every living entity in this universe. The same Vishnu who wanted to experience Viraras and came as Narsimhadev, that Narsimhadev who wanted to experience Vatsalya and came as Rama, that Rama when he wanted to experience Madhurya and, 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 and uh, Sakharas came as Krishna, that same Krishna wanted to know who Radharani is. He came as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and developed unlimited desires to distribute the chanting of the holy name throughout the universe. Hare Thank you.